0: Sponsors for this morning share to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Elal and Avram Kelman for dedicating the Shurim this month in honor of Yigil's engagement to Alana Falak in memory of their parents, Jerome and Bernice Kelman, and Alexander and Frederica David Zichronim Livracha. To thank Barak, Maya, Sandy Hoffman, Dora Limos, and Avi Melamed for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of Ruven Ben Emanuel. To thank Ayala and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the Shurim this month. And this chosab rafuah shaleimah for shulamis bas susha, the Yomi for dedicating the shurim this month, and this chosab rafuah shaleimah for Yehuda ben Michal. We will say we thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity. And with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Baruch Hashem coming on the heels of many beautiful dafim. Hopefully, you did your homework. Yesterday, I did that as, a, as an effort to try to catch us up a little bit with the Daph Yomi cycle. So I recorded this year. Hopefully you did it. Again, we're starting a new Sugya today. So even if you didn't do it, you could catch up. It's only about 13 minutes. But we are picking up today's daf is Samech 65 We are picking up on Samech Dalid Ahmed Bayes 64B. Two lines up from the bottom. Two lines up from the bottom says the Gemara, no sin lo kitness. the mishnah when detailing all of the obligations that a husband has towards his wife so also remember again we're dealing with a very unique case what the what the gemara calls hamashra es ishto which literally means a man is not living with his wife He's supporting her. He's supporting her. Now, Ayide Shlish literally means that he's supporting her through a third party. The idea over here behind this, and therefore the Mishnah outlines the idea about how he's supposed to support her. Namely, what he's obligated to give her, how much he's obligated to give her. So now we're focusing on the piece that says, V'chatsi kaf kitnes. Ultimately, he's obligated to give her half a kav of legumes. So the just points out, V'ilu yayin lo What's interestingly missing in the Mishnah is the Mishnah doesn't speak about any type of wine allowance or wine allotment. So the mesele This supports the view of Rabbi Lazer. What does Rabbi Lazer say? Rabbi Lazar, top Rabbi tap of samicheh in poskin yenos leisha. Ultimately again, a husband is not obligated to provide a wine allowance for his wife, says Rashi. Why is that? In Postkin Margila Tashmish. Because ultimately, again, wine could lead to intoxication. Intoxication could lead to a desire for, for Tashmish. And the concern is because husband and wife are not living together, ultimately, again, it could end up get, she could end up getting herself into trouble. Okay, I in tomar. I maybe a person will say elcha acharei no nosnei lachmi mai. So basically, here the Gemara quoting over here from the pasuk in Hosea. Now the truth is this this is a little this is a rebuke to Klal Yisrael. But I the pasuk says ki amra she'll say elcha acharei ma'ahavai. I'll go after the ones who love me. Nosnei lachmi, give me my bread, mai and my water, samri, my wool, pishti, my linen, shamni, my oil. The shikuyai. Now we'll say, shikuyai, we're assuming means that what? So at first glance, it seems like like mashke. So it sounds like over here that wine, again, this, this Pasek is a list of things that a person normally has. So it sounds like wine is something, part of what a person normally has. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. That means shikuyai are dvarem sha isha mishtokekes alehen. This refers to things that a woman very much wants. O who, what is that? Tachshitin. Tachshitin doesn't refer to mashke. Rather, shikuyai means dvarim. Sh'a isha Thing That she wants. What does a woman want? Tachshitin. I will say, Tachshitin doesn't just mean jewelry. Tachshitin means accessories. Accessories. Whatever accessories she needs for her own personal adornment. That is something that, that a woman desires. Okay. So we'll say comes along Rabbi Huda. Again, a little bit of a machlok is exactly where he's from, but he comes along in the darshans as follows. How do we know that we do not go ahead and provide a wine allotment for women? How do we know this? To which the Gemara says because the Pasik says, it's actually very interesting. So we'll say, fascinating pasuk. So remember again, this is the opening of Sefer Shmuel. Parakalep of Sefer Shmuel, right? Where ultimately again, Chana, who at this point in time is, the, right? Hannah, the wife of Elkanah, who is childless. So here the navi is describing the dramatic scene where Elkanah would come, with his family, including, and of course, Hannah was a part of it, but Hannah doesn't have children. And after the meal, but, so here's how the Pesach, how the Pasuk translates. So Hannah would get up after they ate in Shiloh, and after, drank. Now, now, so so just the, 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 the storyline is, this is where she got up, she went into the Mishkan, she starts davening. Hannah davened in a way that no one ever saw before, her lips are moving, but there's no sound. Eli thinks that she's a drunk. And again, this, this, this tefillah is ultimately, again, what leads to the birth of Shmuel Hanavi. In any event, what the Gemara is picking up on is as follows. The Posik says, shasa, below shasas. The proper feminine way to have written this would have been, achla shasas. So the fact that it says, Shaso, the Gemara understands to mean who's drinking, who's drinking, Elkanah is drinking. So in other words, the way to read the posse is V'atakam khana b'shilo, shaso. So Chana gets up after she has eaten in Shiloh and after her husband drank wine. So the Gemara says, okay. To which the Gemara says, well, maybe if that's the case, how do you know? maybe akhla is not referring to her either maybe akhla is referring to Elkanah, to which the gimar says no 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 hakanami i sorry the Gemara says hakanami anan midishani no i'm sorry fula akh akhla fula akh hakanami anan midishani i will say what the gimar is picking up on is the Pasuk itself doesn't flow why doesn't the Pasuk flow mirti so, watch this mirti bigavaka asik va the pasik is talking about Chana, right? The both said, let's play this out. The pasik, The Pasek is talking about Chana. Chana got up after she went ahead and she ate in Shiloh. So the Gemara says, Why does the pasik change? Now, I both said, there's two things that's happening over here. Number one, number one, so the, the, um, the, the gender of the word is changing, but also what else is, what else is changing? And this is what really what the Gemara is picking up on, is the, there's a break. In other words, the way the Pesach should have been written is Vatakam Chana right? B'shilo, she got up after she Why does it say Chana got up after she ate in Shilo and after drank, right? And after drink, drank. And that shaso, by the way, could really be translated either as, it could be translated, ideally if it was feminine, it would be shasas. But the truth is, it could just be uniform with achlo But ultimately, again, it's, it's written in the masculine. So two issues: number one, written in the masculine; number two, there's a break in the pasuk between eating and drinking. So the Gemara uses that as a raya, as a raya. Ultimately, that it's Chana who's eating, but and Elkanah who's eating but only Elkanah who's drinking and Chana's not drinking. So from here you see that Halacha halama, it wasn't the norm necessarily for women to drink. Therefore, drink wine. Therefore, therefore, a woman doesn't get a wine allotment when she's being supported by, through, from, by her husband through a third party. Very interesting. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, so we'll yet yeah, we learned and what does the to say? if a woman was accustomed to drink ultimately again we would provide her with a wine allotment so what do you see from here? that women do drink to which the Gemara says no 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 so again you're talking about a case where she's accustomed to okay if she's accustomed to it, then she's entitled to it but that doesn't mean that that's the norm regila kos if a woman was accustomed to drinking wine, so in this case, where she's going ahead and being supported through a third party, again, so when I say supported through a third party, she's being, I say it better, she's being supported by her husband through a third party. So if she's regila, if she was accustomed to drinking wine, so we give her kosechad, she'ina regila, no lo shnei kosos. But if she's not accustomed to drinking wine, we give her an allotment of two cups. Two <laughs> each what? Like, what does that mean? Listen to that line. If she's accustomed to drinking, we give her one cup, right? To not, for one cup. And if she's not accustomed to drinking, we give her an allotment of two cups. So my kamra, what are we saying? Am um, rabbi, kamra, what it means to say, regila bifne baila kosos, baila, no, sorry, regila bifne baila so we'll say, if this was a woman who when she was living with her husband was accustomed to drinking two cups of wine, shalo bifne baila, when she's not with her husband, we give her one cup of wine. Again, we'll see why this is. So the Gemara says, But if at the end of the day, she was only accustomed to drinking one cup of wine in front of her husband, then when she's not with her husband, at the end of the day, we don't give her anything. No no allotment. No allotment. So we'll say, essentially, what the Gemara is saying over here is, if she was a drinker, whatever she would drink with her husband, her allotment is pared down. Allotment is pared down. The other possibility is Regila la We'll say the other possibility is that if she was accustomed to drinking wine, we would give her wine, but we would give her wine not for drinking purposes, but rather for cooking purposes. We'll say I just want to point out what's driving this whole wine discussion like what what is this especially by the way after we've seen that Chazal go out of their way on many different occasions we'll see in today's dab, to extol right the positive the positive qualities of wine what the concern over here is as follows this couple is not living together right wine wine right wine could easily lead to intimacy the consumption of wine can lead to intimacy the concern over here is if they're not living together, if she has a wine allotment, is this going to pave the way for potential issues? That's, what, that's what's driving this suya. So now the Gimara said, okay, if she normally drinks wine, what we'll just do is, again, we'll provide a diminished wine allotment. Now, second possibility is the only wine we're giving her an allotment is what? Cooking wine, cooking wine. So Gimara tells a story. Interesting story here. Interesting story. I will say there was once a story with the daughter-in-law of Naktimon ben Gorion. I, I remember again, Naktimon ben Gorion was, was one of the wealthy men of Yerushalayim, right? He was a contemporary of Kalba Savuah. Um, so the Gemara says, so one, apparently Naktimon ben Gorion had a son who passed away. So his daughter-in-law was widowed. She came to Baisdin. For her, she, now again, she was coming to Bazin because she wanted support from the estate. So, what did they do? They gave her two sa'ah of wine a week for cooking. And I both say, just so you know, that's enormous. That's enormous. That's an enormous amount of wine. I don't know what kind of dishes you're making, right? But Lamai said, that is a lot of wine for cooking. Now, obviously, I will say once you know, she has that wine allotment, so she could do whatever she wants with it. In other words, so she's not cooking with it. What could she do with it? She could sell it. I don't, I don't know that she could drink it, because probably cooking wine was not the, was a different quality as drinking. But Lamai saw it was an asset that she had, and she got very upset. Meir Shabes, I Shabbos. Amro She got upset at the baysin. She got upset at the baysin, and she she cursed and she said kach. Tifs, tifs, so, so she cursed the bees. She said to the rabbis on the bees, your daughters should have this allotment." She was very, she was very upset. So we'll said, "This is very interesting." So the rabbis heard this, and what they wanted to say was, "Oh my gosh, halavai, our daughters should go ahead and, and be supported like this by their husbands by the estate." But listen to this. The Gemara says, "Tana shomeres yavam Haisa. Apparently, again, her husband died without children, so she was a shomeras yavam. Ultimately, again, she was waiting for Yibum, and therefore Velo anu achareha amen. And therefore, they didn't say amen to this curse. In other words, let's say, see here, here's what's fascinating. So she's cursing them. Your daughter should be in the same predicament, and they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, in other words, of course, our daughters, when they're supported by, the, one day when, they're, when, they're, when their husbands pass away and they're supported by the estate, ultimately they should be in this predicament. They didn't answer Amen because at the end of the day, why? She was subject to Yibum. So we'll say, here's what's fascinating about this. Had she not been subject to Yibum, they would have answered Amen. But what's interesting about that, what's interesting about that, right? This is a case of where she's a widow. So we'll say, what's fascinating is like this. See, sometimes the part that we, that we don't, death is a fact of life, right? Everyone's going to die. And, and death, therefore, is, is, is an appropriate thing for us to think about and for us to contemplate. So remember again, let's remember the Gemara Mesechis Machus. I'm sorry, the Gemara Mesechis Brachas, We didn't get to Machus yet. Gemara says, Brachas, the Gemara says that if you're fighting with the Yetzer Hara, what should you do, right? If all else fails, what are you doing fighting with the, with the Yetzer Hara? Yaskirlo Yom Hamisa. Remember the fact that you die. We saw this last night with the Piazetsna, right? The Piazetsna said last night in, in the Sefer Bnei Mach Shavatova, which is such an incredible lean word. The Piazetsna said, What's the question that plagues all of us? Remember his phrase? Sof sof. Ma imadi. At the end of the day, sof sof. At the end of the day, ma yihiyya imadi. So will say is based in say to themselves, look, one day our daughters will be widowed. In other words, one day, one day, it's the derech, often men die before women, right? So, 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 so again, so I don't know if it's clinically true, but whatever, it may, must, might have been true for them, right? So one day, our daughters going to be widowed. So at the end of the day, if they're going to be a widow, at least they should be supportive in comfort. So they were going to say, Amen. They didn't say, Amen to it, because it was a yibum situation. And being a Shomer, Yavam. Obviously, it compounds the tragedy because it means that the man died without children. Incredible. So, Tana Kos Echad Yafali Isha. I will say, this is a very interesting Gemara. Kos Echad Yafali Isha. One cup of wine is good for a woman. Shnaim Nivuhu. Shnaim Nivuhu. Two, ultimately, again, can be degrading. So, I will say, what that means is sometimes two cups of wine allows people to act in ways that are inappropriate. Shlosha Tova bape. Three cups of wine, three cups of wine, a woman will straight out ask her husband for intimacy. Now, we'll say, now what's interesting to note is as follows. Generally, the Gemara assumes, the Gemara assumes that it's not normally the Derek of a woman to go ahead and actively or, or, or directly ask her husband for intimacy. The Gemara seems to feel that this is a din and sneeze of women. But Lamaisa again, two cups of, sorry, three cups of wine, Again, the inhibitions are lowered, and ultimately, again, she'll ask her husband directly, Okay, so this is a little bit strong. So the immersive four cups of wine, she'll even petition a donkey. Now, now, what is it? First of all, I want to point out, I want to point out, if this is true, whatever is true for women is ten times worse for men. Right, So if a woman is petitioning a donkey, right, after four cups of wine, like a man is standing at the chuppah, you know, with the donkey. So, so, so what I want to point out is this is not literal. What, Chaz- what are Chazal trying to highlight over here? What are they trying to highlight? That wine gets people into trouble, which, which is, my sim Right, I so will say again. This is the drasha. Why the juxtaposition between Sota and Nazir? Right. This is how the Gemara picks up. Right. It's how Masechet that Beis Amidalev in Masechet Sota. Why the juxtaposition between Sota and Nazir? Because Kal Haro'as Sota beKilkula Yazir Atzmo Min Hayayin. Sota represents again the 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 chasm of immorality right how far a person could fall you see that what do you do stay from alcohol stay from alcohol the idea that so we'll say when the Gemara says four cups of wine she's going to be petitioning a donkey really really that's again so I just want to point out so the same woman who would never go ahead and actively peti- ask her husband for relations because she's too tsanuah. one more cup four cups of wine and she's with the don- beast we go from beast to beast yeah no the idea being that obviously you have to be careful with the consumption of alcohol because at the end of the day, too much, too much could cause a person to do things that they never thought were possible. They, they had the potential to do. So the Gemara goes weiter. So if I say all of these things, also, and this is actually interesting, this is all of these things. Um, about a woman potentially getting herself into trouble with immorality, is only in a situation where her husband's not with her. But if her husband is with her, we're not concerned because if she does have a desire for intimacy, her husband is there, which I will say, by the way, is another incredible Musar skill: how a person does have to be careful, additionally careful with alcohol consumption when they're not with their spouse. When they're not with their spouse, person drinks a little bit and has a desire for intimacy okay if they're with their spouse then they could then they could satisfy that desire in a meaningful and permitted way but, but this again just want to say it's not for now but you know people get themselves into a lot of trouble additional trouble on business trips on places away where it sometimes there's drinking and they're not with a person has to be mindful no matter how responsible and how on top of things you think that you may be people are people too much alcohol could get a person into the worst kind of trouble. So the Gemara goes back right to the Gemara says, "Ivahal <laughs> Chana, Chana, baili Leimo." I'll say one second. Chana, her husband was with her. Let's go, let's go, let's go full circle. So remember again, i both say, "What's our raya that women weren't drinking wine?" What's the raya, Chana? Because the Pasik says Chana got up after she ate in Shilo and drank, and now we determined that "and drank" refers to who? Refers to Elkanah. So I will say now this whole thing saying, "Okay, but what's wrong with a woman drinking if she's with her husband?" What's wrong with that? In other words, again, even if the wine engenders a desire for intimacy, her husband's right there. So why can't Chana drink? So we'll say, this is fascinating. So the Gemara says, Elkana and Chana were a guest at someone's home. We'll say, remember again, Elkana and Chana did not live in Shiloh. They were traveling from the north. So therefore, again, they were a guest in someone's home. What does that have to do with anything? The Amar Huna, how do we know that a guest should not have relations in their host's home? So we'll say this is a din, this is a din that the Gemara highlights. And the Gemara says, Shine'a Emar, because the Pastor quotes, They went ahead and they woke up in the morning. Ultimately, again, they daven, they davened in Shiloh. They went back home. This is, so, sorry, they went back home to the Ramah in the north of Eretz Yisrael. Elkanah knew, the biblical euphemism for relations. He knew his wife, he knew his wife, Hannah, and Hashem remembered her. She became pregnant. Hashten, what do we see? When did they have relations? When they got home, Mekara but lo, not, but not when they were guests. So we'll say this idea... Of not having relations when you are a guest is a din of it's a din of tznius what's the concern the concern is after you leave the host is going to be cleaning up the bedroom and if the host could tell that the couple had relations there in that bed. so again it's just a lack of tznius it's just a lack of modesty in terms of how one conducts their intimate life okay I was like, say this is a wild story get ready for this homa that's her name as she says over here homa that's her name she was the wife of Abai. Now, just to point out over here, Abai died. That, that, that's, the, that's the situation over here. Abai died. So now Choma is showing up in Bezdin, and Choma is asking the court, asking the Bezdin, to help create for her an allotment from the estate. Okay. So Choma de Visuda Abai de She came before Rava and his based Amrale Psok li Mizoni. So she she said, can you please give me a Mazonos allotment from the estate? Pasakla, the gamer and a Mazonos allotment. Psokli chamra, give me a wine allotment, please. Amrale so Amr'alei Rava said, Yedana be'i benachmani, telohavashasi. I know that Nachmani, I will say Nachmani is the name that he used to, Nachmani is also how Abayi was known. So I happen to know that Nachmani did not drink wine. So, so 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 what Rav is saying to, to her is I don't say why do you need a wine allotment? I know that your husband, he never drank wine. He never drank wine, so why do you need a wine allotment? So listen to this, Amrale. She said to him, Rav, you're mistaken. Right? By the by the by the by your life, I will tell you to have a mash bishuf Razi ki ki So ultimately, again, she used to say, or, yeah. So the Gemara says she says I'm telling you you're wrong. I used to give him to drink bishuf And i will say what's the shuf Rashi says for last white line of Rashi shuf aruchim. These were large or long goblets, long goblets. So she was describing not only did he drink wine, right, but he drank wine out of large goblets. So we'll listen to this. So the Gemara says the as Choma, and I apparently, when Choma was in Beisdin, what she was doing was like this, is she was describing the size of the goblet, like with her arms, right? He would drink wine with goblets, you know, this this, this big, this big. So as she was doing that, as she was doing that, so her arm became exposed. Her arm became exposed. And a light shone in the Beisdin. Choma, was very beautiful, it was a very beautiful woman. And apparently she had radiant skin. So she's Sanua, she's covered. But when she but when she extends her arms to show the size of the goblets that her husband, Abai, used to drink from, her arm becomes uncovered. What happens? I will say that lush of Nuffle Nahura like a light fell on Baezin meant that like she was a very noticeable woman, a beautiful and attractive woman. And a part of her body that was normally covered, granted it was an arm, became exposed. So come, Rava. Rava got up. All say he went home. Tava lebas Ravchista. Now we'll say, Bas Ravchista is his wife. Right? He was married to a daughter Ravchista. So well, it was an interesting case over here. So Rava comes home in the middle of the day, and he asks his wife if they could be intimate with each other. Okay. So this is incredible. Armale Bas Ravchista, man havi ha'idna bebeidina. So okay. So, sorry, so, so this, this is an interesting one, right? So, so Mrs. Rava, Mrs. Rava said, okay, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Tell me what happened at work today, right? In other words, what, what's, 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 what's going on? What's going on over here? Right, so what's going on over here? So, Man, haba, habi, I did, you know? so I'm really Choma did this with the Abaye. Oh, it was Choma. I don't know, I think that this is one of these situations where we're allowed to change the truth for the sake of Shalom bayis. But in any event, right? So what happens? So Rava comes along and says, oh, Choma wasn't based in. Choma came in order to go out and settle up the matters of the estate in Beisden. <laughs> so get ready for this. Nafka Abbasra. So Rav say, so Mrs. Rava goes out to find Choma. Goes out to find Choma. Machta le'i b'kulfi <dashida> And she ran after her to beat her up with the lock of a chest. All right, means a lock, literally a lock of a chest, of a, of a chest. Until she chased her out of Mechuzah. So we'll say, so this is Mrs. Rava, runs Choma out of town. Amrallah, she says to Choma, You've already killed three husbands. And now you want to you want to find husband number four to kill him too? I' we'll say Choma abaye was Choma's third husband. There was a whole machlokis actually about this is the concept of katlanis. Katlanis is a woman whose husbands die. At a certain point in time, we are concerned that there's something with this woman that all of her husbands die. There's a machlokis of how many husbands do you have to, how many husbands have to die in order to be called a katlanis? Is it two? Or is it three? Interestingly enough, Abaye Paskin, Abaye Paskin, that it's three. And that's why he felt comfortable marrying Choma. interestingly enough, he dies. He dies. Abaye was old, right? But he died. He died. So the mice and now Mrs. Rava's coming along and saying, Choma, get out of here, right? Now, now, now you have three dead husbands, right? Do you, are you looking for husband number four? Okay, an, an interesting, an interesting Gimara. Interesting Gimara. They'll say, but, but again, it, it, it's, yeah. Okay, so let's go back there. Sigmar says as follows, So we'll say, now another story. I will say, these are all stories of widows coming to Beisdin, trying to go ahead and, and establish support. So now the wife, when we say the wife, it really means the widow. The widow of Rav Yosef, the son of Rav Yosef comes before Rav Nehemia. She said to him, Pasakla, so she said, can you arrange? She was a, uh, she's a widow. Can you arrange for me? So um can you arrange for me support from the estate? He arranges for Pasakla, Pasakli Khamra, can you arrange for me wine? Pasakla, he gives to her I one second, that's it. He just gives to her. So Amrullah, he said to her, Yadana behu mechuzah, the Shasi chamra. I know that you're from Mechuzah, And when Mukhusa it was coming for women to drink wine. Okay. So I'm going to say, so again, just just highlighting the idea that Halakhalama. There is a wine allotment if a woman was accustomed to drinking wine. Good. Tevisud Rav Yosef by So the widow of Rav Yosef, the son of Rav from Devil, also kamid Rav came before Rav Yosef, Amrale psok mizoni. Can you establish for me a, a mizonos allotment? So pasakla, he arranged for her, psok li chamra. Can you go ahead and give me a wine allotment? So pasakla, he gave to her, Psokli shirai. Can you give me a silk allotment, A silk garment allotment? Amr why, Allah, shirai lama, why do you need, why do you need, um, why do you need silk? So this is incredible. Amr Allah, you know why I need silk? Lecha, o lecha o For you, and for your friends, and for your friends' friends. Now, we'll say, now what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi Rashi says What she was saying is It's important for me to be able to maintain my same standing In front of the same social groups I had when I was married saying This is an incredible yusod That sometimes, sometimes the, the peace When a person litzlan, loses a spouse in addition to the loss of companionship that a person that a person experiences, there's also a loss of of social standing to a certain degree, right? In other words, that that I'm part of a group, I'm part of the chevra, and that, and often again that chevra is my chevra, that's chevra is my wife's chevra, right? And so there's there's a there's a social impact. When a person is and this is so this is so incredibly important because often we we don't we don't necessarily have this same level of sensitivity. In general, I will say it's important to understand that, especially in the from community, we're very family-centric, very couple-centric, and often we forget that those who don't necessarily, whether it's singles, whether it's widows, widowers, don't necessarily, don't necessarily Feel that same level of connection you know, a number of years ago I had a woman in the shul came over to me who said you know what I just want to point out I know tried shul very friendly very nice you know after kiddish, excuse me after davening sometimes is the most difficult part of Shabbos for me so why because what happens after davening everyone goes to find their spouse right you go to find your spouse, you go to kiddish, or you hang out with your friends she's like at that moment every single week it's drilled home to me what I don't have what I don't have and I will say, that that's not, that's not anyone doing anything wrong, right? That's, that's, that's not anyone, chas v'shalom, you know, not paying attention to the Alman It's just a sensitivity. It's just a sensitivity. There's sometimes just what we call the activities of daily living in, in our Yiddishkeit, in our shul life, in our communal life, in our Shabbos life, reinforce sometimes what a person is lacking. And so this is incredible. So here this woman is coming before Rabbi Yosef, and she's coming for her. she's like, I just want to be able to dress the same way that I did when I was married. That's all. Like, I I feel different because I'm a widow. I am different because I'm a widow. My life is different because I'm a widow. But at least I want to be able to look the same so at least I don't feel externally socially isolated. An incredible gemara. (laughs) Venosi lamito mappa. So remember again, the Mishnah says, husband has to give his wife a bed, a uh, uh, right, a mita and a mapot. So the Gemara says, mapot zu machatzelas lamaloh. Why do you need both a mapot and a machatzelas? We'll so say, remember again, we had this in yesterday. That the mapot, the machatzelas is a hard mat. The mapot is a soft mat. But if she already has a mita, she already has a bed. Why does she need these things? So the Gemara says, lamli diyavlo am rapaba ba'asra danihiyidim alupuri bechavlei. So the mivgar. Because we'll say, why? Here's what's interesting. There are different ways of making beds. Sometimes beds were soft. It happens to be we're talking about a situation or a place where they would make a bed out of ropes. So when you make a bed out of ropes, it's not comfortable. And if you sleep on that, it literally again, it says it, makes, it, it ages you prematurely. So what do you do if you go ahead and you have a bed made of ropes? You put these mats on top of it to soften it. That's when those mats are necessary. Ten Rabbanon. A husband is not obligated to provide his wife. So we're jumping back now for a second. Now we're back to the Mishnah. Right there in the Mishnah, we've been in the Mishnah the whole time. Now in the Mishnah, remember again, so it said, it did not make any mention of a pillow or a blanket. Pillow and a blanket, karin kassas. see, he doesn't have to give her a karin kasas. There's no allotment necessary for a karin kasas. Mishnah, Rabbi Nassan, Omrim, no, Sennil, karin Rabbi says, no, you have to give her a pillow and a cover. So Gomorrah he says, hey, what's the case? Eat the archa if she normally sleeps with a pillow and a cover, so why shouldn't he have to give it to her? My time with Tanakama. Why would Tanakama see say not have to give it to her? Vidalav alav orcha, and if it's not her custom, if she doesn't normally sleep with a pillow and a cover, my time with Rabbi why would Rabbi Nosen say that she's obligated to give it to her? So we'll say, what's the case? It's very interesting. He sleeps with a pillow and cover, she doesn't sleep with a pillow on a cover. So now watch this, say. So Tanaka Musavah, Amr Allah, he says to her, Ki shakilna luhu I remember again in this interesting arrangement where they are not living together during the week, but they are obligated to be together on Shabbos, or at least Shabbos. well, we call it now Shabbos night, we call it Shabbos. So say, listen, I don't need to give you a pillow and cover because at the end of the day, you don't use one. When I come, when I come home, right on uh, Shabbos, I'll bring my uncle and cover, and it's very romantic, right? And then, and then when I, and then when I leave, I'll take it with me. I'll take it with it a very utilitarian arrangement over here. So the Gemara says, and what happens? She says to him, "No." She says to him, "No. It's not a good arrangement. Why?" Because we know what's going to happen. You're going to be running late when Erev Shabbos. You're going to come home late. You're going to forget to bring your pillow and cover. And then you're going to take mine. Right? You're going to take mine. So therefore, because... And then I'm going to end up sleeping on the floor. Right? And I don't want that. So therefore, again, even if she's not normally accustomed to it, he keeps one in the house, ultimately for his own use. Good. But no He gives her a head covering. Amr li rabbi... Amr li So rabbi said tabbi... I'm be'i say... hi, tana... Shaliach Artuloi masanoi. So, so now what, what does this mean? So is the Tana is the Tana creating a situation of a shaliah who walks around naked but wears shoes. Now what 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 does that I have to do with that? If you know, say so take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Haitana Shaliah Artila tap Rashi Samachemid Bays. Rashi says, mm-hmm. says So we'll say, so let's take a step back for just a moment. So the Mishnah, right? The Mishnah, when speaking about the allotment that a husband is obligated to give his wife. So remember again, I will say, we spoke about two different things. So he has to give her, right? Which means what? Which means what? Shoes every regal. Which essentially means a woman is getting shoes three times a year. Right? The husband is obligated to give his wife, remember again, all of this is the floor, not the ceiling. So remember again, the floor is, he's obligated to provide for her shoes every yomtiv. Now here's what's interesting. Now clothing. How often do you get clothing according to the Mishnah? How often? Once a year. So remember again, remember just to review this, the Mishnah said, the Kalim Shel Chamishim zuz Mishana Lashana. Again, she gets one set of clothing of 50 Zoz. She gets new clothing in the winter. Wears it through the winter. By the time she comes to the summer, it's already a little more broken in, what the Mishnah calls thinner, and therefore fit for summer use. And then again, the new outfit comes. What the is picking up on, which is such a strange dynamic is, so she gets new shoes three times a year. Again, it sounds sounds childish that she gets new shoes. In other words, the allotment, the allotment that he's obligated, the minimum allotment that he's obligated to give her is to enable her to buy herself shoes three times a year, but yet only clothing once a year. So, say, so the expression that the Gemara is using, so what it seems, it seems to be out of sync. It doesn't make sense. She's getting more shoes than clothing. And how does that make sense? So the expression the Gemara is using is for a person who walks around without clothing, but has shoes. So we'll say the idea of Rashi says, Rashi says, you know, if a person walks around unclothed, so okay, that's uh, not, not totally normal. But if he walks around unclothed and wears shoes, it just looks awkward and unnormal and abnormal. So the idea of the Gemara says, you're not giving, you're not giving her enough clothing, but yet you're giving her more shoes. So now look at that, Rashi. She only, she only gets clothing once a year. And ultimately, again, shoes every regal. Good. So the Gemara says, so what's going on over here? What's going on? Second line will say Sami 65 B. Amrlay Tano Mibakom So say Tano The Tana is talking about a case where the husband and wife live in a more mountainous region. So we'll say what happens if you live in a mountainous region? You go through shoes more quickly. You go through shoes more quickly. So because ultimately, again, you're going through your shoes more quickly, therefore what? Therefore that's why they have to be replaced on a more regular basis. The Losagia below Tlasa Zugi. It's not enough if you go through the year without three pairs of shoes. The Agav so therefore I both say, interestingly enough, the Gimara's understanding that the three pair of shoes represents a need if you live in a region where there's a lot of, a lot of more, more, what's the word? Robust terrain, right? Mountainous terrain, and therefore you go through shoes faster. So I'll say, here's what's interesting. The purchasing of new shoes doesn't really have anything to do with yomtiv. Now, why? So I'll say, here's what's interesting. The idea over here, see, we thought, before you read this Gemara, I thought that why shoes three times a year? Oh, Get new shoes for every single regal. Tosh says, that's not what it is. What Chazal is saying is, if you live in a, more, in, a, in a more mountainous terrain, you're going to need new shoes three times a year. Three pairs of shoes a year for the mountainous terrain. And the Gemishna is saying that, by the way, once you're buying your wife new shoes, when should you buy the shoes? Around Yom Tif time. Why around Yom tiv time? Because by Yom tiv there is a mitzvah v'samachta b'chagecha, to rejoice on the Yom tiv. So you could accomplish both things, give her the new shoes, and at the same time what? At the same time go ahead and, at the same time go ahead and give her Simchas Yom tiv. Beautiful. So the says as follows, v'keilim and remember again you have to give her an article, clothing that's worth 50 zuz baye chamishim zuzei p'shiti. When we say 50 zuz. This means 50 common Zuzim. I will say, take a look at Rashi. It's very interesting. Zuze Pshiti, zuze Medina, Sheh'in Shminesh Sheb'Zuzi tsuri. I will say, there are two different types of Zuz. There's what we call a Zuz Medina and a Zuz tsuri. Z- working backwards, a Zuz tsuri means a minted Zuz, a minted Zuz, versus Zuz Medina, which means, you know, a common Zuz. A common Zuz was worth less than a Zuz tsuri. So now the Gemara says, Abayah says over here that when we say that he has to buy our clothing of 50 zuz of 50 zuz, it means 50 zuzim of common zuzim. So the Gimara says, how do I know this? Because we will say, remember again, how does, the Mishnah, how does the Mishnah end? The Mishnah says, when is all of this true? When is what true? All of the amounts identified in the Gemara. So when do these amounts apply? Ba'ani we're, we're talking about a poor person. <laughs> saying, if a person is wealthier, person is wealthier. So the mice says again, and they should provide for their wife in accordance. The Isaac Daitra Zuz And therefore, again, if Halo say you think that Khamishim Zuz literally means Khamishim Zuz, like 50 50 suri, right? 50 mints, so words, higher, higher value zuzim, then ultimately again, chamishim zuz minalon, minale, they will say, where is an Ani going to have 50 suri zuz from. Rather, I will say, see from here that what? That the value of the clothing is 50 regular zuzim. Okay, good. So I will say, the Gemara says, it goes weiter. So we will remember again, then the Mishnah said, a husband, a man, shouldn't give his wife new clothing in the summer and old clothing in the winter. Right, because remember again, new clothing in the summer is going to make her too hot. Old clothing in the winter is not going to sufficiently shield her against the cold. So says Dingrabo say, listen to this Tana So we'll say, here's an interesting, here's an interesting discussion. Look at Rashi for just a moment. so Rashi says, Kigon Isha say, So here's what's interesting. Let's say a woman has extra masonos. I will say what Rashi points out over here is the allotments in the Mishnah are generous allotments. They're generous allotments, which seems to indicate to us, according to Rashi, that most people would not consume this amount, right? But that's okay. It's it's meant to be a generous allotment so that a woman should have everything that she needs. So the Gemara says, so what is the status of leftover food? So again, I will say, let's just go back. He gives her two kav of wheat a week. Okay, there's a half a right. There's a half a kav left. Who gets that? Who gets that? So there was a son Mosar Mizonos Any leftover food, literally leftover Mizonos, ultimately goes to the husband. Mosar the Now here's what's interesting. What about leftover clothing? Mosar Balaos. So I'll say, where does Mosar Balaos come up? Mosar Balaos comes up like this. So, remember, husband is obligated to buy his wife new clothing. How often? How often? Once a year. So what will say so now? Let's say a husband buys right. Ruben buys Rachel the new clothing. Fifty zoos, clothing. Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. A year goes by now. Now she gets new clothing. So who gets? So what we'll say? So now the old clothing is still there. The old clothing also, also still has a value. Still has a value. So who gets that old clothing? Mostar below, leisha. So the brayse says. The woman gets to keep the worn out clothing. So the Gemara says, Why does the woman get to keep the worn out clothing? Said, because the worn out clothing, that's what she wears when she's in Nida. That's what she wears when she's in Nida. Why? In order that she should not become repulsive to her husband. Now what does that mean? Look at that. She should her I will say, because we, in other words, there's a concern that if she wears the same clothing when she's a Tahora that she wears when she's a Nida, that perhaps her husband might find her a bit unattractive. Okay. So therefore, therefore, we use the Belows, the Belows, the worn out clothing becomes the clothing ultimately again that she wears during her days of Nidos. Amr, Abay, we learn most of the laws, but one second. If you look at the case of Yerusha listen to this. Let's see, I have an amana, right? So Rachel's married to Ruvain. Ruvain dies. Rachel's being supported by the estate. So she gets an allotment. She also gets a clothing allotment. So says, we're going to see that the estate is also, we'll say, by the way, estate support very much mirrors our Mishnah, right? So for example, a woman's an amana, the estate of the deceased husband is obligated to give her clothing once a year worth 50 zoz so now at the, but yet the following year when she gets new clothing the balaos the old clothing become the property of the estate so why is it that over here right in the case of her husband who's supporting her the balaos belong to her but in the case of the estate the balaos belong to the estate what's the pshat hasam hu tiskani hacha tiskani bitiskani and also it makes perfect sense why does a woman get to keep the balaos in a case where her husband is alive because we want her to wear the belows when she's a nida, that way again, that way again, her other clothing could be associated with her yemetara. In the case where she's being supported by the estate, there's no issue of being attractive to, to the husband. The husband's dead. husband's dead. Therefore, the estate ultimately gets to keep the belows. Very interesting. No sin la furthermore, again, halokha la ma'isa. ma'isa, has to give her mal-kes. And I'm saying, I hear the Mishnah's really commenting on the last part. The Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, va'ocheles uh, <speaking> imo, <in Spanish> May Melele Shabbos, Lele Shabbos. They eat together, they eat together, Shabbos night. They eat together, Lele Shabbos, Lele Shabbos, good. So it says, the Gemara, listen to this, My Ocheles, what does that mean? They eat together, what does that mean? So the Gemara says, Rav Nachmin Amar, Ocheles Mamish. It literally means, they eat together, Rav Tashmish, Rashi says no eating together is a euphemism for physical intimacy. Telling us that is telling us that even halachah if they're not living, if they're living apart during the week, they're obligated, quote unquote, to eat together, to be together on Shabbos night. So the Gemara says, so according to the opinion that says that eating memish means eating, then I understand why the Mishnah says eating makes a lot of sense. But according to the opinion who says that it's physical intimacy, so ultimately again, why why, why does the Mishnah say Ochelas? Why why doesn't it just say that they should be together? The Mishnah is using a nicer lashon, a more refined lashon, k'dichsiv. So we'll say we've actually quoted this passage before. The, 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 the Pasik in Mishlei when speaking about, again, the, the, the Pasik is using an unfaithful wife as a metaphor for the unfaithfulness of Claudius And the Pasik says, she eats, she wipes her mouth, and she says, I've not done anything. In this case, eating is a euphemism, is a euphemism for relations. Wiping her mouth is a euphemism for the makum erva. So you see over here that sometimes eating itself is used as a metaphor for relations. Let's listen to this. It says, not only are they obligated to eat together on the night of Shabbos, but also by Shabbos day. So according to the opinion that says, Achila literally means eating. Then I understand what it means is that they're supposed to literally eat together Shabbos day. Tashmish be Shabbos miika, But according to the opinion that says Achila, ultimately again means means Tashmish. So what is it? What are we including over here on Shabbos Day? After all, again we have a constant Kedoshim, And they don't have relations by day. So how could it mean if it says they're eating together by Shabbos Day? How could that be a reference to Tashmish? To which the Gemara says, "The we'll say when we say that relation that Yisrael are and don't have relations by day, that means that means in complete complete light. We'll say we've spoken about this before. The, I, think, right, I think we just spoke about this this week. This this came up right. The idea I will say is that that what's the concern with having relations by day? The concern is that the husband is going to see a physical imperfection in his wife and ultimately, again, is going to lose attraction in her, right? So i say, because Chazal understood that men are often shallow like this and therefore, every human being has imperfections. Every person, even the most human being, even the most beautiful, has ultimately physical imperfections. So unfortunately, sometimes what we're drawn to are physical imperfections. So if relations happens by day and you could see everything. So again, there's a concern that you'll find the flaw. You'll find the flaw. And ultimately, again, just be hyper focused on that flaw and that'll impact, that'll impact marital intimacy. Therefore, Hazal said better to have relations in a darkened room. In a darkened room, doesn't mean one can't see their spouse. It just means the idea is that a person shouldn't just be able to, to be drawn to every physical flaw that their spouse may have. So, therefore, again, I will say, so there's no problem with relations by day as long as the room itself is darkened. And the room itself has to be darkened. So, therefore, again, Allah Even if you hold that Achila means intimacy, again, it could be even by day. But by Yisafel, good. So, what say? The says as follows: Darash Darash Rabbi Ula. Darish Rabbi Ula Rabba Pisha De Venusay. Shabi Ulu Rabba Darshan at the entrance of the house of the Nasi. Afa pi shaamru in adam zan espanavespinos of kishem kitanim. Even though we established, we said we went through this whole suya that a man is not obligated to support his minor children, right? This technically there's no obligation. We've seen this before. Ava zan kitane kitanim. But you should support your very young children. How old are very young children? Ad Kama, up until what age? Is one obligated to support Kitane Kitanim Ad Ben Sheish up till six years old? Up till six years old, it's really appropriate for a parent to go ahead and support their children. Past six, you don't have to support Because <clears throat> I was say, remember again, we did this whole sogya, right? We did this entire sogya. So the Gemara says, Kidravasi, Khatan Ben Sheish, Yotse Imo. It was it's very interesting because a child up to six years old can be included in the Eiruf of his mother. Now, what does this mean? Take a quick look at Rashi. So we'll say so this is very interesting. If let's say again, Reuben and Rachel are married, they have a son. Rachel makes an of Tchumen to the east and Reuben makes one to the west. Who does the child go with? The child is included in the mother's era of not the father's. Because the child up until the age of six is, is, needs his mother. And therefore by definition he's also included in the support obligation of his mother as well. So the Gemara says, good. So the Gemara says, Mimai mediktani, so listen to this. Mimai haisa minika, our, Mishnah said, our Mishnah said that if the mother was nursing, Poh we diminish the amount of money she has to bring into the house and we add on to her food stipend. So why do we add on to her food stipend? My Because she has to feed her child who is with her as well was with her as well. So we'll say something, the one is trying to prove from the Mishnah that our father is obligated to support his young child. That's why, again, we diminish her earnings obligation, but we increase her food supplement. Why are we increasing her food supplement? Because because that goes to support her young child. Maybe not. Maybe the reason we increase her food supplement is because since she's a nursing mother, she's considered to be a Chola if that's the case, then let it write, if she was a minika. so the Gemara says, why, why does it say, if she was nursing, maybe the mission is coming to teach us, that a, a nursing woman in general, is considered to be in the halachic category of a minika to which the Gemara says, it's, so they, therefore the Gemara says it's not conclusive. So the point of what I is, you can't bring a raya from our Mishnah. We we're trying to bring a raya from our Mishnah about the concept that a father is obligated to support his very young children. We we're trying to bring that from the case of Minika, to which the Gemara says, you can't bring a raya from that case. Last halacha, I will say, unrelated halacha, itmar i levi La Yayin Yafa Now let's say this, this is fascinating and wonderful bookend to the sugya. We started out today's daft by saying that a woman doesn't, the Mishnah doesn't, doesn't provide for any for any wine allotment, for any wine allotment. And now the we went through that whole sugya, doing women do drink wine, don't drink wine, conflict. They do drink wine, don't drink wine, good. Now the Gemara as says, by the way, if she's nursing Mosif and La we do add on a wine allotment. Why? Shayayin Yafat Lachala. For wine is good to enhance milk supply. Mazel Tov What a week. What a week. Mazel tough. All right. Have a great day, everyone. A good Shabbos. Good Shabbos.